welcome to the Build Business Acumen podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Schooler. I'm very privileged to be joined by Stephen J. Manning. And if you don't know who he is, I suggest you go and look him up. He's, uh, he's a very interesting gentleman. We spend uh, probably about an hour a day on average uh, speaking together. And he is a very unique individual. And it is, it is at your own loss if you stop listening to this right now, because I, I speak to many, many people. I've interviewed hundreds of people over the last uh, six, seven years. And I actually think that he is one of the greatest uh, thinkers, uh, I think, of actually our time. And we are going to now rip to pieces some acronyms that we are really fed up with. Stephen has been in business. He's built a very, very large marketing business. He grew that to a billion dollar a year company out in America. It was one of the most profitable privately owned businesses. Uh, and it, they had 3 million square feet of warehousing, et cetera, et cetera. So in terms of knowing how to run a business, knowing how to manage staff, knowing how to do business, he is someone that you really need to listen to. So I'm all revved up. I got my, uh, got my sparkling water. We are going to be talking uh, a little bit about our uh, talk that we did recently for Book Boon Learning, which is part of the Access Group. We're going to be talking a little bit about that. We did talk about Bani versus VUCA, which are two uh, to the point of creating our own, actually, at the, at the point which we thought three letters is way better than, than four. So we created our own uh, NCC acronym. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about Bani versus VUCA versus Tuna versus RUPT versus partridge in a pear tree, which uh, we, we just came up with because we thought that was kind of funny. But, it, 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 you know, Stephen, when I thought about these acronyms, I thought of, of an acronym which, for me, actually sums up the world right now, and it sums up the military uh, word snafu, which is actually, uh, people probably know what that is, uh, situation normal, all fouled up. I would say all effed up, but I'm uh, I'm far too polite to be kind of using that kind of language. Especially uh, my mother is watching from from heaven. She would uh, she would probably uh, I can hear the words from my dear mother right now. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid that. But it was fun doing that talk, and and you're revved up for this. And I want to thank you once again for, for for joining me. So what do you think about about Tuna and uh, Bani and VUCA and all of these these acronyms. Like, what do you think? Hi, Nat. Uh, gee, I'm thinking. Gosh, darn, dang it, uh, shoot, ouch. Thinking all those things people say, or they say they say, which they don't. Uh, acronyms. Uh, my least favorite acronym in the history of acronyms, <clears throat> and for those of you listening, watching, we did actually 10 minutes on acronyms alone, which was a lot of fun to do, uh, if you like uh, skating humor. Uh, my least favorite acronym is AI. Now, I'll tell you why it's my least favorite acronym. For the same exact reason why I genuinely dislike Twitter, because I did not invent it. 
had I invented AI, I would love it. Regrettably, in the early 80s, our version of AI was called synthetic data. And Twitter, well, I was in a room with the early guys in Twitter, and I was really annoyed because I kind of came up with 140 characters right after the brilliant geeks came up with that in SMS, as you know. And after they declared me a barely functioning idiot at the end of the day, I said, Twitter? What, you mean like the birdie thing? Yeah, like birdie. They do tweets. And I said, do you know what is yellow lazy and trees? They said, what? Well, it's Tweety Bird. I, okay, uh, I'll leave the story at that. So acronyms are a wonderful thing. Um, gosh, it save us actually using sentences. Isn't that cool? Now, let me allow me a couple minutes on something called Bonnie versus Ruka. Now, Nathaniel and I did 31 and a half minutes of Bonnie versus Ruka. Started out with me saying, I don't know what that is, but I'm not interested. Ended up being a fun half an hour. We took to that with a sledgehammer, and we took to the people who wrote that with a sledgehammer. But then I also had to do oh, about five minutes of reading on it, which I think was about three and a half minutes too long. Allow me to back up on Bonnie and Vuka. May I? And then I would like to absolutely make shameless fun, but the rest of them, Bonnie, brittle, anxious, nonlinear, incomprehensible. I'd like to start backwards incomprehensible. Yeah, it's incomprehensible. It's actually incredibly stupid. Considering who came up with it, I'm not going to tell you who did, so I can make fun of every one of them. But I'd like to pick on something called brittle. Now, when you say brittle, what comes to mind? Oh, this whole Hubble figurine that's on a mantle at my great aunt's house. You know, those little dust catchers. Be careful, it's brittle. You know, the, oh, would you handle those eggs carefully? You know, they're brittle. And then the best of all, brittle dark chocolate. Why? Because you go, it really cracks, it's brittle. So let me give you the prevailing definition of brittle within a massive concept called Bonnie. Brittle, I will read because I refuse to commit this to memory. The kind of elusive fortress that seemingly solid systems have, but which can easily crumble. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, uh, elusive fortress? I have been around a long time. I run a lot of businesses. I've been around a lot of businesses uh, in various capacities, $45 billion worth. I don't think I've ever considered anything an elusive fortress. In fact, the background behind you, Nat, is not an elusive fortress, it's a real fortress. What's that got to do with decision-making model? Oh, wait a second. Let me read on because this is, this is beautiful. Examples of this are countries or rich due to the exploitation of a natural resource that collapsed with price fluctuations or the monocultures where our modern agriculture, which are very vulnerable to pests due to their low variability. 
I have reason to believe. I'm re Do you know what, though? I'm really glad that I haven't actually let that permeate in my brain and sit there because it's utter drivel. Like, it, 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 it is ridiculous that these people get to create these, these, these acronyms that basically create panic. They create panic, right? Like, like, at least with the old ones, which are not with us, right? We, we don't panic about these things. But people in business, if they hear about these concepts, you're going to read that and you're going to go, oh, well, oh, no, I need to hire a consultant. This is really important, right? And it's like, and it's like I am, I am roadkill. I'm, I'm roadkill. Everybody else is ahead of me. By the way, incomprehensible. Barbani. The consequence of excess information and its often counterintuitive nature, parentheses, like what occurs when AI or big data intervenes, close parentheses. Fortunately, what is incomprehensible today does not have to be tomorrow. First of all, when AI and big data intervenes, hey man, <laughs> I lived on AI and big data in the 80s. That said, uh, what's incomprehensible today does not be tomorrow. Okay, there's one thing missing on Bonnie. There should be a T, Bonnie T. The T should say, the sun does not necessarily rise in the east on the, in the western hemisphere. I think that's missing. Now, I think you know, Bonnie to last me a couple of lifetimes. Uh, actually, it's fascinating. Who created that? If you want to dial into it, oh, VUCA and the Townsley. You know, one of those was created by the great, brilliant brains at the Department of Defense. You know, the Department of Defense houses some of the great brains in the world. Also houses a whole bunch of people that are going to be there for a lifetime because of great benefits. You don't have to do much and you can't be a barely functioning idiot. Oh, VUCA, Nathaniel, V. Volatility, fast-paced change, fluctuations in demand, and changing demand. Sun rising in the east. You, uncertainty, can't predict the future. Uh, you know, Nostradamus tried that a while ago. It didn't go so well for him. I mean, I had a personal relationship with the single greatest business forecaster in certainly 20th and then beginning 21st century. Morris, Morris's clients, or the United States of America. Oh, Iran, every Fortune 10. Morris only had clients who had multiple jets. Are you telling me that you can't predict the future? This guy was the best, the best. They look at me and say, you don't have any idea what's gonna to happen tomorrow? I don't, I just talk about it. Complexity, see, interconnectivity of machine and man. Oh, you know what? I kind of think that one out when Manning went to the wheel, you know, because then you had to hook up the oxen and pull the thing. Interconnectivity, you know, a lot. So you and I came up with three war, a three-letter thing called NCC, which you call giving birth to the new multi-choice paragraph. Donning versus VUCA versus NCC. Now, you know, we made fun of that. However, what we came up might be interesting. I'll just give you N for nonlinear and frivolous. Nonlinear, right, frivolous, and eh. beat, beat down. Next, C, 
change and uncertainty therefrom are constant. Really? It's kind of like, dude, you have a pimple and a million out. It's obvious. And then the C, complexity, ambiguity, volatility. How does that kind of describe your day? It does. And now you made me aware of something called tuna and something called ROPT, I think, R-U-P-T. So first I looked at, I looked at what the letters stand for, tuna. Turbulent, uncertain, novel, ambiguous. Rot, root, whatever it is. Rapid, unpredictable, paradoxical, entangled. Now, to digress, I'm not a native English speaker. I learned the language in my teens. And the way I learned the language is not classic because I lied about what I knew, what I did not know my age to get to real school. And you can't read a history book with a, with a dictionary to speak 40 words. So what I did was I wrote down on the side of the page every big word I read. I figured the bigger, more important. Who, who needs those little bitty things, you know, the prepositions? I learned that later. So I wrote down a couple thousand words over a few months, and I kept writing down words. I kept looking those up because I could still couldn't read a paragraph to save my life. And, uh, you know, I, I remember the first book I ever read in English was Ian Fleming's The Spy Who Loved Me. Might have been the first 007 book, right? And I wrote this before you and you laugh at the time I say it. I read that little book. I read it and read it and read it and read it because I didn't understand it. And it was a very challenging word there. 007 said to somebody, that son of a bitch. It took me a year to figure out that he didn't mean a couch. I, that's how long it took me to get to that word. That said, I learned more $50 words than you can believe. So when I read turbulent, uncertain, novel, ambiguous, rapid, unpredictable, paradoxical, tangled, I say, hallelujah for artificial intelligence. Because I know how they came up with that, to create an interesting acronym. Somebody went to an AI thing, a machine, a module, and had one of these words in their mind, uncertain, just pick one, or paradoxical. And then went to search for the most unusual synonyms you can possibly find. And they came up with turbulent, uncertain, novel, ambiguous, rapid, unpredictable, paradoxical, tangle. I said, I can't see. Now, I'm, I haven't done this yet, but I'm inclined to actually go and hit up my beautiful machine and say, give me the most unusual synonyms for each and every one of these words. I will bet a princely sum that I will come up with a 75% match. Anybody want to make that bet? Let me know. So, bottom line, I said, it's all inglorious. Okay, now, I'm gonna say rubbish because at least one of my editors does not like me to use the word, okay, I'll stick with rubbish. And it's inglorious. And quite frankly, you come up with these really slick words that are kind of circular in definition and you make a massive business concept and you make a massive business concept out of it. Yeah, but the it's shocking. Which one of these is from one of them's from Cambridge University? So it does Oxford 
university. It doesn't surprise these terms, yeah? Because it's like, well, how, how can I make myself sound way more important than the last guy, right? And it's like, but, but why did, my question to you is, I mean, I know you've created your own model for making decisions, which, which we're going to get to in a, little, in a little while. But it's like, why, why did they have to come up with these models here um, versus using the old-fashioned SWOT or PES analysis, which is what was happening, you know, 50 years ago or whatever it was. I, I just don't, I don't understand it. I mean, I know you created your model, but that was specifically because of how you wanted to do things. But these are not, these are not new concepts. These are, these are just reinventing someone else's concepts where your model is clearly a very advanced decision-making tool that you have, that you have created, correct? So, you know, my friend, I think about uh, in my most cynical moment about this, I think about, you know, the talking, the talking head for Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, most famous circus, uh, circus of all time, and also attributed wrongly to some of the greatest brains around to say, you know, there's a suckling born every day. Nobody ever went bankrupt underestimating the intelligence of the public. I forget who said that, might have been Vanderbilt, somebody said that, somebody important said that. The reality is that a lot of the academics, and to, and to, and to digress, I spent my time at some of these institutions strictly seeking a little more substance to my decision-making ability starting from Harvard Law, Stanford, MIT, all the big names, you know, uh, Wharton, because the theoretical models, if you distill them down to one, two little ideas, can be interesting. So all the boxes and arrows thing, I'm the antithesis of boxes and arrows. Yeah. There are more so than ever, published or perished is the rigor in all the major institutions. If you have tenure, which is the closest thing to guaranteed lifetime income, you have to do something really dastardly to lose your tenure at an American university. You have to publish, otherwise you perish, because you can't teach. What are you gonna teach? Now, what's interesting about the people come up with these massive concepts, which I think are funny. I don't think, that. Somebody tell me, I'm digressing again, because I'm the king of digressions. Somebody tell me how I apply tuna to my problem with the impending UPS strike. I'm going to walk into the negotiating room for the entire entertainment industry in America, which of course cascades across the world, to the writers, the production people, the actors, and the studios and say, I got an idea. Let's put our negotiations in the framework of root, or rot, R-U-P-T, wrapping up a digital paradoxical tangle. One or two things are gonna happen. I will run for my life, or I won't have a chance to run for my life. They will throw me out the 12th window. Because they're talking about survival of industry. They're talking about being able to incorporate AI it's in the world that they live in every day, all day long. And I promise you, 
all those writers that picketing the studio, I see them every day. I look close to Fox, Warner Brothers, Sony, Sony's two miles from here. All those people walking the picket lines, man, I don't have to tell you this, but 80% of them don't make enough money to satisfy union rules to get health insurance. They have to make $43,000 a year to be able to get benefits. 80% of people with picket lines don't. How about you tell them about tuna? Tuna, we got a solution for your problem. Your problem is that the studios can just, the ordinary stuff on the air, they can reproduce with AI. We don't need you. Those people have a lot of things in common. Yeah, they have some talent. Then they have arms and legs, they have kids, they have mortgages. And they do look paycheck to paycheck. It's astounding. There's a bar in LA. And uh, again, I've gone a little far afield. Uh, and the bar is for writers. And the whole idea of this bar is that the writers go there and bring their last one of their residual checks. And instead of cashing them, they pay them on the wall. There are thousands of them. Checks for four cents, ninety-six cents, a dollar thirty-two, three dollars and nineteen cents. Because a lot of these guys making those are residual. Right now, they're not putting on the wall. Because those people are cashing the three dollar nineteen cent residual check. Oh yeah, their actors are getting seventy-four thousand dollars a week, but that's not the point. Okay, that's it. so the question is. I know a couple of academics that are out there. I know them because their relationships going back 30 years, because we read each other, whatever the circumstance. And I look at some of these brilliant brains, including the aforementioned forecaster Morris. And I say, I don't think I would give them my car keys to take my car to the car wash. They're gonna get lost. I sat in a room with three brilliant brains from Harvard, MIT, and Wharton, and they were telling me statistical models for decision-making. And at the time, I said, stop. I need some substance to my ability to process and make some decisions because the Teamsters Union is going on strike next week. I have 154 massive containers every single week coming out of the harbor to us, and they're going, going back. That's going to stop. So what do I tell 10 million of my customers that they're not going to get the thing they paid for? Help me navigate that disaster. By the way, our president at the time figured that out for everybody's benefit. There's no better incentive than saying, if you don't fix it, I'll, I'll fix it. No follies, they're all fixed. Oh God, they got fixed. But the point is, don't give me statistical, uh, theoretical, don't give me any tuna or baka or wookie or wachi or a partridge in pear tree. What do I do when, if they do in fact go on strike? How do I deal with a couple million disgruntled customers who want refunds? What do I deal with the Federal Trade Commission who says you failed in observing the rules? The difference is there are people like you to some extent, me, to say, hold on a second, I've been there, done that. Don't give me a theoretical model. Don't, 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 don't do that. Now, I'm the antithesis, antithesis of boxes and areas. Yes, 
I one day said, you know what? I talked to enough people who live in a universe I can't comprehend. Uh, I created my own boxes and arrows. And I arrogantly named it the Manning model, the Manning conversion model. It's kind of the way in my little mind, you make a decision. What goes into a decision? That's what goes into a decision. So, you know, if you want to know more about it, you, you'll ask me. <laughs> well, thank you, Stephen. I think it's been, it's been very, very interesting. And uh, if you are on the book, Lord, uh, please do and go talks over there. Check out Stephen's book uh, and also look for Stephen J. Manning uh, on the internet. You can find his website, stephenjmanning.com. You can also find my website, natschooler.com. And uh, our names will be somewhere around. And uh, we greatly appreciate you listening and giving us your time. Thank you, Stephen. Now, if you want to see this model, just because, you can go to another site that I have called fymc.com, frankyankeemarycharlie.com, and look for something, a tab called the Manning Model, uh, if you're interested in that. Or you can drop Nathaniel or me a note. Uh, our email addresses are all over the place, as, our, we're, as we have presence in places like LinkedIn, uh, et cetera. Uh, multiple website. Nathaniel has multiple channels where he expresses a whole lot of knowledge and a whole lot of dispenses a whole lot of great wisdom. And we do a lot of this together on three or four different channels all the time. So if you want to know more about it, just reach out. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, Drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen.